Now I'm going to be taking you to the book of Luke. Chapter 17, verse 11 is where I'm going to start reading. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out with a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go and show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleaned. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice, and he threw him at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten clean? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give me praise except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. Now, bear with me a second. Why did the, why, why did the Gospels tell us the story of the ten lepers? What does their gratitude or lack thereof teach to us about them and about us as Christians? Now, I'm, I'm going to show you a, screen, a slide up here. This is where Jesus sent them. Now, this spot in the temple, there's four squares there. That spot in the top, it says leper's chamber. Now, this is the very best picture I can show you of the tabernacle. This was the temple. Now, up in the top, you can see it was a football field and the holy place and the women's courts. It gives you the rough size. That building, the leper's quarters, is a 60 by 60 foot in modern measurement size. So this building from this wall to that wall is 60 feet. So it'd be a square that big. There were ten gates around the outside. This is the gate that was at the leper's quarters called the Neeson Gate. It was Corinthian bronze. It was the only door at the temple that was made of bronze. All the other were plated in gold or silver, but there was miracles related to that door. Now, the reason I show you this this is where Jesus sent them. And we say he sent them to go show himself to the priests. Well, where did they send them? He sent them to the lepers. They actually have a spot there for the lepers to go to. Now I gotta keep moving on or we won't get through the whole sermon. So let me take you to the year 1923. A devastating earthquake is, we're gonna show you a picture of it up here just in a second. Rocked the island of Japan. And just in the city of Tokyo alone, nearly 75% of the buildings were destroyed. That was 350,000 some homes. In that one city alone, 1.9 million people in that city were left homeless. In that city alone. The New York Tribune called the earthquake undoubtedly the greatest disaster recorded in all time. It was estimated that 300,000 people died and 2.8 million people were left homeless. Japan was so devastated by disease and despair that it seemed that they'd never recover. Then help came. Help from the United States for helpless Japan. 
Fooding, clothes, medical supplies, volunteers came by the shiploads. The American Red Cross alone, and this was their drive, that's a picture of, they went around with donkeys and they drove for money. The American Red Cross alone raised in 1923 $10 million to help Japan. Now, in, that's in the year 1923. You want an equivalent, today's money, that would be $153,510,000 they raised, just the Red Cross alone for Japan. That's in today's money. And the Japanese people were so grateful, they even put their gratitude in writing on a stone. And it, the very words were, Japan will never forget. This was 1923. Less than 19 years later, the American ships of mercy were forgotten. And on December 7th, 1941, the Japanese planes went out and went to Pearl Harbor and wreaked havoc and death and destruction. How could they forget? Our story today is about 10 lepers that Jesus healed and he sent them to see the priests. And they were on their way and they were cleansed. Now undoubtedly, these men were grateful because Jesus had delivered them from a terrible fate. According to the Old Testament law, lepers were required to live outside the city. They were literally quarantined. They were required to keep a safe distance from others so that no one could touch them and make them unclean. Lepers were unclean, both physically and spiritually. A leper was required to keep a distance of six feet from all others. That was in the Bible, six feet they had to keep. Including family members. In the book of Leviticus, chapter 13, it says, The person with such an infectious disease like leprosy must wear torn clothes. And let their hair be unkept and cover the lower part of their face and cry out, unclean, unclean, everywhere they walked. Along, as long as they were infected, they remained unclean, both men and women. They must live alone. They must live outside of the camp. Lepers were outcasts. Totally ostracized from society. It was a devastating, lonely life. And then they met Jesus. All ten of these men came to Jesus because they they believed he could heal them. And he did. He healed them. And I expect they were all kinds of grateful. That's just putting it mildly. But only one of them came back to thank Jesus personally. The other nine didn't show up. They didn't come back. They seem to have forgotten all about Jesus. How could they forget? Well, maybe they didn't forget. Someone once suggested, trust me, I did a lot of study on this sermon, so I'm going to give you the the suggestions, right? One of the lepers might have been waiting to see if the cure was real. 
you know, that we do that in our lives. We wait to see if it's actually going to work, right? Another might believe that he'd go back and see Jesus later, but he never got around to it. We do that in our lives too. Still another decided he really never had leprosy. He had nothing wrong with him. It was all everybody else, right? Anybody ever been in that boat? Another said, any rabbi could have healed me. And still another thought, thought, well, I was much improved. Now those are interesting suggestions that people have thought over the years. But I really think the issue goes much deeper than that. I think the real reason they didn't go back to Jesus, and this is an opinion, is they were afraid. See, on this side of the miracle, I'm going to cut them some slack. Everybody likes to pick on them. Everybody likes to be mean to them. But let's cut them some slack for a moment. Just a moment. Maybe they were afraid if they did not follow Jesus' instructions to the letter, the miracle would leave them. That's one possibility. I've cut them some slack. But yes, they were stupid for not going back and thanking Jesus. No matter what the reason, the bottom line is the nine never did. Only one of them came back to thank Jesus personally. The other nine didn't show up. They didn't come back. They seemed to have forgotten about Jesus. How could they forget? This brings us to our current day situation. At this congregation, we have many people. We help or arrange for help every day. Now, you sit there and say, well, I don't know we do it. They come to the church office. That we, we, we help connect when they don't have food. We help connect them to a food pantry. Uh, when, when, when they need gas to get to medical things, we help them with $20, $30 worth of gas and take their kids to the hospital. You know, um, we, we've actually paid for nights in a motel room a couple nights because there was no place for them to sleep in any of the shelters anywhere, right? We've helped pay utility bills. Always seems, and it's always due tomorrow. And it truly is. I've never had anybody come to, well, one was two days later, right? And gas and electric bill. And these folks often say to me, I'm planning to come to your church. And in 24 years, not one of them's ever done it. They never show up. Let me share with you what we did one time. This happened years ago, but it's a great share. Adrian Timmons had a meth user in Watford City whose mom passed away. And he needed to get to Tennessee. Now, now, now I'm going to be honest, you don't give an addict money. So Adrian Timmons spent a day calling church after church after church after church after church and arranged a rendezvous of gas. Our job here was to meet him up at the um, truck stop gas station. I was there at 2.30 in the morning. He showed up like at 4. So I'd actually walked in, handed the guys at the truck stop gas station my card so they didn't think I'd be going to rob him. Here's this stranger walking back and forth the truck station waiting for this guy to show up. He showed up. Adrian said we could buy him gas, we could buy him food. He could not have any money. You all know if you're an addict, you can't have money. You know, you don't give a, a drunk money. But you do get them taken care of. Nobody said we helped. 
all the way across the nation, minister after minister, met this young man and got him to his mother's funeral. And he broke down at the casket and he cried and he took himself into a rehabilitation center. That's what we do as a church. And we, trust me, we got them some food. Four in the morning, it was, they were some ugly hot dogs on that Turner thing. <laughs> but he didn't care. Someone once said, all they want is our money, not our Jesus. They're just like the nine that Jesus healed, but who never came back. They just want our money. But they don't want our Jesus, so why keep helping these folks? So why should we bother? Why bother helping people who really don't want Jesus? Because Jesus did. Do you think Jesus knew that the nine wouldn't come back? Of course he did. But he healed them anyway. So why did he do it? Perhaps because others were watching and needed to see Jesus, what he did. We don't know that. Perhaps because the lepers would remember what Jesus did that day and, and the decision to come to him later. We don't know that. Every time, every time in the Bible, Jesus healed somebody, it was a declaration of who he was and a declaration of what he'd come to do. He just—he didn't come just to heal bodies. Jesus came to heal minds and hearts and souls. And every time we as a church help somebody in need, it's a declaration of who we serve. Jesus and what he wants to do in the lives of those we touch. We serve a Jesus who cares about these people. And he wants to do more than just pay their bills and rent them out of room at night. Jesus wants to see, for them to see who he is. And the only way he's going to get that done is if we are his hands and feet to a lost world. That's why Jesus said, Let your light shine so that before men that they might see your good works and glorify your Father... Who's in heaven? Now, if you want to check those words out, they're in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. The good that we should do should be pointing to Jesus, his love for the lost, just like the children. They do, when child evangelism goes in, they do all these things for the children to show Jesus' love. And out of the ten lepers that were healed, one of them really was lost. Luke chapter 17, verse 16, tells us that he was a Samaritan. Samaritans were the lowest of the low, the despised, the rejected. There was no lower in society. In the eyes of the Jews, they were just natural sinners and outcasts and unworthy of God's love. They were even lower than shepherds, and shepherds were Refused by law. They could not, by Jewish law, testify in a court. A shepherd's word cannot be trusted. And their word was above Samaritans. And yet, this was the man who returned to thank Jesus. Even Jesus said, 
Was no one found to return to give praise to God except this foreigner? That's Luke 7, 18. Then we're told, then the Samaritan, or pardon me, when the Samaritan saw that he had been healed, he turned back praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. This guy just wasn't thankful. He was shouting thanks. He just didn't send a nice thank you note, which I've never gotten for helping anybody. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm just telling you. He didn't even get a thank you note. He personally came and fell at the feet of Jesus and praised him. This man was thankful with a capital T. But why would he do that? I mean, granted, he was truly thankful, but there's more to it and there's more that's going on here. You see, he was a Samaritan and he knew he didn't deserve to be healed. No Jewish person even talked to a Samaritan. They, they just turned their back on him. He knew he didn't deserve to be healed by a Jewish man. Someone once observed, observed, you cannot be grateful for something you feel entitled to. You can't be grateful for something you deserve that you think you deserve. You, you feel you deserve it. Let's word it that way. And this man was truly grateful. Because he knew he didn't deserve to be healed. He had been an outcast. He had been despised. He had been rejected. He felt he was unworthy of God's love. Of all the people on the face of the earth, we too should be thankful. Because we've received something we did not deserve. If you know Jesus, you've received something you didn't deserve. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 3 through 5 says, We were all once living by the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and, and mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God in his rich mercy, because of the great love which he has for us, even when we were dead to our transgressions and our trespasses, made us alive through Jesus Christ. By grace you have been saved. Now, no offense, you didn't deserve it. Jesus, but Jesus, you didn't deserve Jesus to come die for your sins. We were children of wrath. We were dead in our bypasses, in our trespasses. We were outcasts. We were unworthy of God's love. But he loved you and me anyway. It is virtually impossible to be grateful for something that you feel entitled to. But you and I were not entitled to be saved. We hadn't done anything that earned God's love and forgiveness. That's why it says, by grace you've been saved. Someone once explained... That grace is undeserved favor. Now, Romans chapter 6, verse 23, write it down for later. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. 
We're not told, but I am convinced. Now, this is my personal conviction. We're not told in the Bible. But I am convinced that everywhere the tenth leper went, he told people about what Jesus had done for him. He told everybody about Jesus. See, there is forgiveness at the cross. See, leprosy, we sitting here don't grasp leprosy. Leprosy is a death sentence. It's cancer. Like a cancer for our bodies. Now, how many of you got an ache and pain in your body? Okay, the rest of you are lying. (laughs) I mean, I've got some things wrong with my body right now. It's just what it is. We get, we keep on going. We don't say, woe is me. We get, we smile, we love, and we care. You're all loved, you're all cared. Even if you're a visitor, we like you. See, no one in this house is this outcast. This is Jesus Christ's home. This is his. It does not belong to you and me. It does not belong to the Wesleyan Church. It belongs to Jesus Christ. And you are his invited guest. And you deserve all hospitality and love and care. And we're all different. Some of you are easier to love than others, probably. I don't know. God will figure that out, right? But it's true. Absolutely true. See, by the grace of God, he changed us. Now, we have the most important thing ever. We have salvation. And you're going to laugh at this. In your bulletin, there's some things for um, Gideon conversations. They filled up the first class. Ron's got it full. Okay, so if you're interested and you did not get on the conversation how to share Jesus' love with a lost family member, a lost son, a lost daughter, a lost parent, a lost nephew, if you don't know, church does not teach you how to share God. I mean, when we're in services, no offense, you get taught all the other stuff, but when's the last time you had to stand up and say what you really had to say, Right? So this is a class that's going to do it. So there, if, if you're interested, we might even put a line down there. And if you want to f- into a future class, Ron will get you. Because you only have so many people to get the classes done. And this is the first class ever offered in the entire state of North Dakota by the Gideons. And you're the guinea pig. <laughs> so being a guinea pig, that means you get really good treats. Ron's going to arrange for treats and coffee. And he's... The Gideons are going to teach you in the conversation how to share Jesus Christ with the lost person. And you're invited to take the class. It's two hours. But with this next one on the clipboard, we're just going to have to, we'll get it scheduled. So Ron will get your name and number and we'll figure out a day that we can do it. Because they really only can handle so many people because that way everybody can talk. Does that make sense? We filled it up in the first time telling you about it. We also have the concert on Thursday. If you want to share Jesus with somebody, bring them to a concert. And then maybe even buy them a cup of coffee. Anybody here like coffee? Okay, you are more honest on coffee than you are on illnesses. You share God by conversations. You share God by friendships. You, share, you don't just beat them over the head. 
Does that make sense? I can't come up to Jeremiah and force Jesus into his head, can I, Jay? No. Got to say it louder so it goes on the mic. No. Nope, that's as loud as he's going. Jay's so soft-spoken. But I can't tell Jay about Jesus. He has to make a personal decision. And that's what we're talking about today. The one was thankful. We got the best thing in the world. And you all look good. Believe it or not, you look really good. And we come around each other when we're going through challenges. Hugs are given freely here, have you ever noticed? And tears flow along too. Because two friends actually hug and love each other. And that's what a family of God does. We love each other. So, we need to close in prayer. But Ron's going to be out there by the clipboard thing. I just volunteered him. He had no idea who was going to do that, but he just volunteered. But it's a great opportunity to learn how to share God. Because one was thankful. And we all have somebody we know that's going to spend eternity in hell unless we're willing to make a, reach their life. So let's close in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, do not let us be like the nine who are unthankful. Let us be like the one who is thankful. The blessings that you have given us through the gift of your Son is beyond the words that we know how to share. We come here today to give you thanks and give you praise and give you honor. You are the King of kings and Lord of lords. And give us the wisdom to share that good news. Let us not be like the nine. Let us be like the one. And all God's people said, Amen.